Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hello, welcome to Journeys in Faith here on this Friday evening. It's great to be here with you in December. Here we are in the Advent season. It's so awesome. And I have an amazing guest with me this evening. I have Mario Costabile. He is the founder of Array of Hope Ministries. Mario, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. It's always wonderful spending time with you, Anne. Thank you. So this is a great show because uh, we have some audiovisual, and Mario's done amazing work to reach out to youth and young adults. So we always like to start out on journeys in faith with your own personal faith story. So if you could please share with us, we'd love to hear. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> where do I start? Well, um, I'm a cradle Catholic uh, and uh, went through my youth, you know, just going to church with my family. Uh, as I got older, uh, I got involved in my own personal uh, youth programs in the church. And that was sort of like the first step that the Lord tapped on my shoulder and, and said that to me that he was real. And I had a really profound experience and introduction to, to our Lord when I was about 14 or 15 years old. Uh, but then you go through high school and you have distractions and you're living in the world of being a teenager and a young adult and you kind of forget about God. And um, it wasn't that I wasn't going to church, but I, I wasn't engaged as I was or excited about God when I first had an, you know, a, a, a transformative experience with him when I was a young teenager. Uh, but then I got married, uh, started my own business. I, I, you know, I've been a uh, music and film producer now for 40 years. I was very uh, engaged in, in being successful, uh, a music producer, and uh, got married, started having kids, and we rose, raised our kids. I married a Catholic woman, so we, you know, both Catholic. We raised our kids uh, Catholic, put them through Catholic grammar school, Catholic high school. Some of them went to Catholic college. But as I started to get older, um, I guess when I hit my 50s, now I'm revealing my age to, to your viewers, um, I started thinking about my own immortality. I started thinking about, well, you know, is, is this God I've always believed in real? Uh, and, and, and the teachings of the Catholic Church, I'm not on board with a lot of this stuff. And so I started going through sort of a, a, a searching period to really understand my own purpose, uh, to understand the Catholic Church, understand Jesus. And through that, um, the Lord, uh, I was graced with certain moments in my life that I had to make decisions and those decisions kind of steered me closer and closer to God. And I had some moments of grace and realizing that God was real. I had some things that happened in my life that changed the trajectory of, of where I was heading in my own personal journey. Uh, I'm a cancer survivor. So that was the first step that the Lord said, look, you're not going to live forever. And, and you better think about, you know, the, um, you know, the existence of eternity and where you're going to be in eternity. And, and those are the things that I started thinking about in my 50s. So to make a long story short, as I started investigating, um, and, and reading and, and trying to invoke uh, a, a consistency in prayer, I started to rediscover God and I started to really uh, fall in love with who he was uh, and, and understanding purpose. And, and, and when that happens, you, you come to a point in your life where there's sort of like, um, you know, there's like a line in the sand, you know, and it's like you can continue your life and, and not, you know, you can continue your life and be ordinary and, and be routine in being a Catholic, or you could actually step over the line and live a true Catholic identity and life and, and work toward eternity and, and, you know, your soul ending up in heaven. And um, I, I, I had the grace and the clarity at that moment where I, and the courage and, and the obedience to step over that line and say, you know what, Lord, I want to live you know, in union with you. And that was the beginning of my journey uh, to becoming, you know, uh, a, a, a Catholic that lives the faith or trying to live the faith. We fail often, but that was the commitment I'd made, the promise I'd made, the covenant I made with God at that moment in my life. And I was like in my early 50s. And through that, that's how a ray of hope evolved. So you kind of asked, is that what you, you did? You ask my Catholic story or the ray of hope story? I now I'd forgotten. I've been talking always, so much. I think I started out by saying your journey in faith, like okay. the name of the show. And I always love oh. to hear your story because you've been right. on another podcast with me before. Yeah. 
And I love your faith story because you're really living it and you can see it even with your children and how active mm. they are in the faith too. Yeah, I wanted, to, you know, I wanted to share because I think the Lord presents to each and every one of us a moment in our lives or several moments in our lives. He's always calling us and, and often we, we ignore that call or feel that, it, well, that's just make-believe. I'm, I'm not, that's something I'm feeling. It's not really true. But the Lord is always inviting us to be in union with him. Mm-hmm. And um, it takes grace and courage to say yes. Uh, but I want to share with your viewers that that call is real. Uh, and um, what we need to do is we need to pray to have the courage to, as I did, you know, to, to step over the line in the sand and, and live in him. And what I can attest to is that it's not easy. It's often very challenging, as you know, Anne. But the thing is, you know, uh, here I am, you know, uh, the latter part of my life, I'd say, I'm in the, you know, I'm now, you know, in my 60s and moving toward the, you know, old age. I mean, I know I have a couple more years left, but the thing is that, there's an, a joy that I experience each and every day as difficult as things are today in our culture that I've never experienced in my life ever, you know, and that joy is, is knowing that, you know, I walk with God, I walk with Jesus and he is my, um, my strength, you know, my pillar. He is um, where I rest and, and search for peace. Um, and it makes me emotional because I lived many, many years without that. You know, and many of us do, and I have many colleagues within my my history and my music uh, colleagues, and you know, you know, I'll ask them, hey, you know, Joe, how you doing? How you feeling? How's life? He goes, ah, you know, it's awful. You know, it's the same stuff, and they'll complain about their spouse or they complain about their jobs. And I was there, you know, and it's sad that many of us live like that. Uh, and there is a better way, uh, and and often people are scared to say that better way is God. That better way is to live within within. The, 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 the teachings and the confines and the structure of the Catholic church, but it's so beautiful once we get into it. And I was that pessimist. I was that one that was very doubtful early on, you know, in my life. Uh, and like I say, I owe it to just moments of grace that, that presented itself to me and, and God had a plan for me that is constantly being revealed and, and um, uh, uh, shown to me that it's like, wow, God, and this too. And okay, I'm up for the challenge. Let's go. And I know that, you know, it's going to be scary and crazy, but the joy comes from knowing that, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not my strength. It's God's strength that I'm relying on. That's right. And, and personally, I'm so grateful that I've met you because uh, not only have you worked with me with doing these podcasts and different things, but I know that it, the, the, our, our community has expanded as you got to meet some people in Western New York and, yeah. and do a beautiful concert there for yeah. Our Lady of Mercy. We say hello to the, the friars out there, Father hey Matthew and Father Ken, because yeah, they are awesome. Part, that's right. They're part they're awesome. of the religious order that I represent with the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. Yeah. And and meeting uh, meeting you, and for you to be able to minister to the people out in that area, and I know you've done a lot of work here in the Philadelphia area too, where mm-hmm. I'm from, and 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 going to the different churches there and performing your concerts and mm-hmm. reaching those youth and young adults. And I know some so many people that I'm in contact with, they express to me how concerned they are about the millennial and younger generation. And I think when I hear your story about how you've connected so deeply with your faith and, and not at a super young age, right? Because you said you were in your forties when God kind of came to you in a stronger way in your heart and you walked along that path with him and decided that the Catholic church was the right path for you and that you wanted to do something even greater with that and evangelize. Yeah. So it's, it's incredible. So let's go to a ray of hope. And how was that born? Well, and 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 I'm glad I got to share a little bit about my personal journey because a ray of hope is 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 a product of my growth, you know, as a as a Catholic and uh, my spiritual connection with God. So as um, I uh, experienced this uh, spiritual awakening, um, you know, uh, it, it was easy, or there was a longing to want to share it. I mean, it's like, you know, people would say, well, what's with you? Why are you like, what are you so happy about? And it's like, you, you know, you just, God, you know, people are like, what? You know, what's your problem? Like, you can't just say that, you know? So um, 
the Lord, um, you know, presented that, you know, Mario, you can do, you can share um, the teachings of the church. You can share the beauty of who I am. I'm speaking as, as God would speak, as you spoke to me, by utilizing your skills, your talents. And I said, well, you know, I music and film and, and events. So I, I said, well, okay, let, let's go for it. And that's how the beginnings of Array of Hope started. Array of Hope is a multimedia event where we would produce concerts, uh, you know, in parishes. And that's how it started, local parishes where we'd have music and, and music, the players would sing and then witness the faith. And, and then I'd have a visual component. So there would be storytelling through short videos. And, and initially a ray of hope was just, you know, let's just praise and worship and, and share the faith so people can see that God is vibrant and relevant in our culture. That's really the beginnings of how a ray of hope was. But as I started growing in my own faith and understanding uh, the teachings of Christ on a deeper level, a ray of hope grew as well. Uh, we wanted to be more profound and prolific in the message. We wanted to be more targeted in the Catholic message, you know. So uh, initially, it was more just you know, you know, happy go lucky. God is great. We love God, kind of a thing. And then as the array of hope developed, we started saying, well, let's share the importance of intercessory prayer with the saints. Let's share the importance of Our Lady for her role in our salvation. Let's share that relationship with her and her son. Um, let's talk about the sacraments. These are things that, you know, Jesus left with us and they have strength and power and all for grace. So a ray of hope grew, you know, and, and those topics and, and, and subject matters started becoming part of our pre presentations through our live events, but also in the films and the content that we shared. And as we grew as a ministry, our content started being shared you know, globally and nationally through Catholic television and, and a multiple of other outlets. So uh, it's beautiful how the, the Lord ha has continually, you know, shared and, and pre presented opportunities for a ray of hope to really evangelize through. So, you know, in answer to your early question, you know, uh, how did a ray of hope start? It really just was uh, an opportunity that God presented to me to share my own personal um, uh, talents and gifts. So it's really what I've always done to convey messages, to convey sentiment, to transform. Like I did a lot of commercials in my early, you know, a career and a, the, the structure of a commercial is to engage someone, get them to be interested in the product and then sell the product. Mm -hmm. Well, I use those same techniques is that I engage the viewer, whether it be at a concert or music or a film that we're creating and get them to share in the commonality of the of the subject matter, uh, and a lot of the Ray of Hope stuff, it might be family or what what makes us you know music, and then interject you know the points of faith. Um, so it's all those skills that I learned, and now in hindsight, you know I realized, boy, God had been working in me my entire career. All those things that I learned working with you know businesses and companies and music executives and TV executives were all things that. I was honing into my own skill set that later in my life I would use for God, which is pretty crazy to me to think about it. You know, it all had a meaning and a purpose. It's like you live your life forward, but then you kind of understand it backward, if you know what I mean. It's like, so um, that's sort of what Array of Hope, you know, has grown to now. We celebrated our 10-year anniversary this year, which was, it's pretty amazing, you know. It's, oh, it's, wow. It's, oh, my goodness. I didn't know it was around 10 years already. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. 2010, your first Array of Hope concert was in a gymnasium in Bergen County, New Jersey, in Westwood, New Jersey. Mm. You are doing incredible work. <laughs> and, and I know I don't say that in a way because I know you glorify God in all that you do. And you said that you took what you learned as a young man about advertising and commercials and music and all the things that, you know, God put in your path to use now. So yeah. I think that's just a, a wonderful thing. Now, uh, one of your biggest ministries is to confirmation uh, retreat, to young, young, you know, youth who sure. are going to experience confirmation. And you do virtual confirmation retreats. Mm -hmm. I would love it if you could tell us more about sure. that because this whole world has just gone virtual with COVID and yeah. everything. And we just yeah. don't know how long it's really going to last now, do we? I mean, it could be yeah. next year as well. So, yeah. Well, what's really been amazing about Array of Hope's journey is that every few years, it's not that we reinvent ourselves, but the Lord, it, I think what's really important uh, as a Catholic church is that we evolve 
with with the times and the culture to spread the message. Um, I think one of the things is that uh, the Catholic Church is guilty of that we get caught in these sort of ruts that were what what, what worked. 10, 15, 20 years ago, a lot of people feel what we can do it today. And um, I, I think, you know, we need to find different ways to think outside the box, to continue spreading the message uh, to our young people, to our families. And uh, Array of Hope has always been evolving like that. So when COVID hit the beginning of this year, and you can imagine, you know, we're primarily an event organization that uh, our last event was March 9th. Um, we did a big confirmation concert, uh, and then we had three that upcoming weekend. March 9th was a Monday. Um, it went standstill, you know, dead zone. We could, uh, you know, everyone was locked down. So I'm saying, oh my goodness, you know, God, what, what are you calling us to do as an organization? Is this sort of it for a ray of hope? No more events? Like, what do we do? And through a lot of discernment and a lot of prayer, um, you know, I was being led to say, well, you know what? You know, our social media is doing really well. People are responding to our films on Catholic television. You know, somehow maybe we can create an event. And I didn't know how to do it at the time. It was only an inspiration is that maybe we can create an Array of Hope live event uh, in a virtual platform. And as I started investigating and looking at these platforms, um, like I went to, there was a couple of Catholic conferences that happened in the spring. And I said, well, well this is good. You know, the Catholic the Catholics are doing this. We actually even participated in some of them. But the thing that was a little bit of a letdown for me is that you walked into the conference and there was a lot of films and, and things that were sort of pre-recorded. And, excuse me, the Array of Hope experience is very, <coughs> excuse me, the Array of Hope experience is very interactive. We often would engage the audience, bring them on stage, have them, you know, participate with our musicians and our presenters and do trivia games. And I said, in order for this to fly for Array of Hope, we need to make our platform interactive. And that took a lot of time to figure out. And we developed something where um, the, uh, the retreats now and our family presentations and concerts are very interactive where the presenter, um, reaches out and and the viewer uh can engage via through a chat or through polling and we even have a virtual live stage that we can invite people to where they actually engage with the presenters um and and we developed this it's called rise up the virtual you know retreat mm -hmm. program and rise up the virtual you know rise up you know family concerts and we launched our first one in september and it's like Every weekend we have several, we have an event tonight. We have an Advent event. We had one on Tuesday. We have another one this weekend. So it's really caught on because I think, um, you know, the church needs to continue to evangelize and to offer formation, but we're restricted to being able to be socially distant and restricted to be together. So this is sort of like the next best thing. Um, if you want, uh, and if it's okay, I could kind of show uh, your viewers a, a quick little video that will demonstrate what it is that we're doing. Is that okay? Oh, I love it. Thank you. Okay, stand by. Here we go. You seeing that? Here we go. Open your heart, open your eyes, rise up. Now's the time to start. These are historic times. And as we are struggling to find ways to continue our CCD and faith formation programs, Array of Hope is convinced we have found a solution. Array of Hope has created a one-of-a-kind virtual event personalized for parishes, schools, and other Catholic organizations seeking to catechize and evangelize in a COVID-19 reality. Welcome to Rise Up, a truly interactive, live, multidimensional virtual retreat. This virtual retreat brings together solid catechesis, personal faith stories from young adults, prayer experiences, musical performances, and live interaction. It's fun, it's engaging, and it's faith-inspiring. Ideal for confirmation retreats or other faith-building events, Rise Up enables parishes or dioceses to plan with more stability in the midst of the uncertainties of what reopening will look like. Rise Up, our virtual retreat is specifically designed to serve you and our church. So let us help you. It's pretty cool, right? Oh my gosh. And I love that <laughs> song, Rise Up. It'll be in oh, my thank you. it'll be in my head all day now. <laughs>
Well, it's everything awesome that we one. do here at Ray of Hope is original content. That's one of our songs. Uh, and we're actually going to be releasing that as a single uh, in January. So uh, keep that in mind. Yeah. And, and all of them, um, all of your team are very talented. I mean, they really are. They're so talented. Tell us about your team. Uh, you know, uh, over the years, you know, our team, you know, members of our team come and go. And uh, I always uh, pray to the Holy Spirit to bring the next new member, uh, you know, someone that's on fire, someone that is searching, someone that wants to be part of the evangeliz evangelization team. Um, so the team that we have presently now, they're just great. They're just, you know, I, I look for um, those qualities. You know, I look for someone that uh, is... Um, you know, in love with Christ. And um, I think that's the secret sauce. You know, if you're, if you're in love with who God is, it's just part of the equation. You want to share it. You want to, you want to explode with the enthusiasm about the beauty of who God is because you can't hold it in. So, you know, and then, you know, you got to find the skills that the team that are comprised of the team. So we have social media people that are really good at developing messages. We have our video production team, uh, Nick who does all our editing, Jack who does all our music and production. Uh, we have our podcast that we're developing the Jack. We have our director of theology, you know, so David Heideck. So we have all these members now that are, you know, we have a good team. There's about 12 of us that uh, are with us on a daily basis. And then we have the extension of our music team, so our total team is about 16, 17 people, uh, which is exciting, you know, and uh, we have a small production facility here in the northern New Jersey, Old Japan, New Jersey. Um, you've never been out here, Ann, have you? No, not yet, but I would love to. You Especially once out. COVID is all finished, right? Because it's traveling from state to state. Yeah. That whole getting tested and everything, but I definitely would love to come. You're, it's only a couple hours away, you know, yeah. for you. You're in the Philly area, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, you should come out. I'll take you out to lunch, uh, meet our team. I'd love to have you here. You know? Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. I can't say enough good about Array of Hope. And yeah. I, I, I'll tell you, the way that we met was uh, a, a couple years ago when I was headed out to Lancaster for the day for the Catholic uh, Media Network Conference. Yeah. And you had a booth there. And I believe you were there too. I got to speak with one of your former uh, yeah. team members, Carolina. Yes, and and then the rest is history. I, I was so impressed with it, and uh, because I think what you're doing is you're combining the excitement of really good media, great music, and people who are on fire for God, with real catechesis and the truth yeah. of the church. So you're combining those two things, which you don't yeah. see that often. It's either one component is is usually missing when it comes to trying to evangelize youth and young adults. I think I don't know if you would agree with that one, but yeah. Uh, we, it, it's really, it's really important. Um, and uh, it, it's something that we have to work on every day. So um, our, our approach is to, um, as I was explaining, you know, engage and use every tool uh, that's available to get the audience to participate with us. So initially, even like our live um, platform that uh, we have an Advent family retreat this evening. So initially, we're just going to, you know, share with them music and, hey, how you doing? Hey, let's, let's, this is who we are. And, you know, and, and then we ask them questions. Let's little, know a little bit about you and have a poll. And we, we, we just kind of get them to feel good. And that's sort of like the Array of Hope approach is we sort of like neutralize um, their expectation or it being, you know, a Catholic or a Christian kind of event. Sometimes, you know, these confirmation retreats, the kids are, have to be there. They're, they're, it's mandatory, you know. So we want to neutralize that so they kind of forget what they're doing. And then we invite them through, um, once they sort of like feel comfortable, we invite them to uh, a subject about God. Well, you know, it could be as simple as like, hey, you know, How's your faith doing? What's your relationship with God? You know, for me, this is how it started. And the team will start to share and witness, you know, a little bit. So witness is powerful. I and mean, Jesus did that, you know, uh, and the apostles did that. You know, they share their experience. So we're, we're all part of the same DNA as far as being our humanity is connected through our personal experiences, right? So when you start sharing your experiences, that's the, that's the conduit. That's the tunnel. That's how we connect. And then once we start sharing the faith a little bit, 
people are listening. And then at the end of that sharing of your personal witness, you bring in the catechesis as to why that makes sense. So that's the technique. And, and, and that's something we have to work at because it's easy kind of to share and it's easy kind of to create that commonality between the viewer and us. But then you have to say, well, this is why this is the, the way it is. And sometimes the subjects that we share are, you know, maybe hot buttons and I'm not, not you know, uh, you know, they're not crazy hot buttons, but we talk about the importance of marriage and why, you know, it's, it's ordained by God, you know, or as a, between a man and a woman. We talk about issues in the sanctity of life and the importance of life and how it's a gift from God. And these are hot buttons that if you start talking about them, people like, you know, will start putting up their defenses. But if you use that process, and we, we practice that with our team, invite, invoke, sh share, and then talk about the truths, the the the, con the the tunnel the conduit is wide open so their their receptors are more willing to accept what you're saying because there's a, already a trust that's been established between the viewer and the presenter and uh, it, it sticks you know you hope that it sticks you know we pray for those you know seeds of grace that you know uh, it may not stick at the moment but we're planting a seed in that person's heart that maybe will um, grow within them at a point in their lives when they might say, oh, you know, that person kind of said that too, you know, because um, often, you know, the teachings of the church are, are difficult uh, for the, the common Catholic. And, um, you know, when we're sharing the importance of the sacraments and, you know, I had to hang up with confession for a long, long time and I didn't want to go, you know, share my soul with a man, you know, and, you know, it's all about ego, you know, it's like, I'm not going to tell you, but when you understand, you know, how the, 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 how Jesus gave that grace or that vocation or that ability uh, to his, you know, uh, apostles and how that, you know, is passed down in succession to the, the successors of the church and how the, those graces uh, are given to them that uh, you start to understand that this is part of God's plan and it's not your ego and God it, it, he gave us the sacraments for a purpose and a reason and the importance of the Eucharist and why that's real. It's astounding, you know, statistically, I'm sure you've read this, Anne, that, you know, it's like 70, 80% of Catholics don't believe in, in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, you know, and, and it's scary. And, and we talk about that and yes. why, you know, why the Eucharist is real and why we have to have, um, you know, uh, a sense of respect and uh, uh, when we're in front of the Eucharist. And um, so I, I'm getting off track. I can't no, remember no, what no. the question was. It's all good. It's all yeah. good because... Um, what you're doing is you're putting puzzle pieces together mm. because I think there's a real concern for the faith continuing, especially by those who do really celebrate. And a lot of the older Catholics who are seeing the church numbers just go down and down and down. And when you talk to someone like yourself and see what you're doing to try to bridge that gap, I yeah. just think it's an amazing thing and so grateful to you. Uh, we do have to take a short break. Sure. So, all of you, please do come back in just a little while with Mario Costabile with Array of Hope. Hi, my name is Anne DeSantis, and I'm the director for the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. You can learn about us on our website at nonatus.org. I'm here to tell you today about two great podcasts that I hope that you will tune in. The first Tuesday of every month at 8 o'clock, we have a podcast specifically for Catholics affected by divorce. From 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, go to Philly Nonatus on YouTube to subscribe. In addition, we also have a podcast the last Thursday of every month. That's also at 8 o'clock Eastern time for one hour. And that one is for families in crisis. We have some really great guests coming up soon, so hope to see you then. Please also consider the fact that you can make spiritual direction appointments with us with our spiritual moderator all you need to do is go to our website on the contact form and just reach out to us we'd be happy to hear from you and look forward to setting up an appointment so we'd love to connect with you please share this video and let people know that we're there for families affected by divorce and also families in crisis thank you
Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. When I was young, in the 1950s, I attended Catholic Grammar School and I memorized the Baltimore Catechism. In fact, I think I got an A on all of my tests. Um, I faithfully attended Mass each week, not because I wanted to, but because I was afraid if I didn't, I would suffer eternal damnation. I followed all the rules. I followed my Catholic faith um, faithfully. But it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine. I can't even share with you how I was so wrote in my faith. And I was attending this, but I was not present. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. Uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck rope in my faith. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. And I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it. Honey, you've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm a, you know, he, his big line to me is you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never followed through on them. And so this was week after week, month after month, he is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 through 21, St. Paul compares the sacrifice of the Christians to the sacrifice of Israel and then to the sacrifice of the pagans. Paul calls the chalice, the blood of Christ, and the bread as participation in the body of Christ, and then warns his listeners that you cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons at the same time. So in other words, you need to decide what are you going to participate in? Are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice which is in the Eucharist or not? Hello, welcome back to Journeys in Faith here on this Friday evening. Thanks for being here with my amazing guest, Mario Hostabile with Array of Hope. He is the founder, and during the first half of the show, you got to learn about him and his ministry and even his faith journey, which was incredible to hear. So welcome back, Mario, after our break. Thank you. Yeah. Now, right before we ended, <clears throat> we were talking a lot about um, virtual confirmation retreats. And here we are in the season of Advent, a beautiful season. Mm. It's been kind of a, a rough year for a lot of people. And everything has pretty much gone virtual for most of us with work, with family get-togethers. I mean, it's, it's just been all virtual. You are doing a lot right now with Advent retreats and the Advent of Hope program. Please yes. do tell us more. Yeah. Um, I think about four, four or five years ago, we started doing these Advent and then Lent, uh, Lent programs. <clears throat> and, and what they are is their um, Advent of Hope is a, uh, a daily uh, program that people that subscribe to it will get a reflection, uh, reflection of the gospel and a helpful hint for the day. So it's really uh, a couple of minutes that you could spend with God uh, through the direction of our, our team and our director of theology, Dr. David Heideck. Uh, and it's every day that you could be part of this program. Uh, on every Sunday, uh, we share a video uh, about the Sunday gospel through one of our presenters. And, and we have clergy with the Franciscan Friars of the Newell, uh, Father Giuseppe is one of them in one of them. And then on Wednesday, we release our <clears throat> music uh, part of the program. So the person that subscribes to it, and you could do this through arrayofhope.net, it's right on our front homepage, uh, 
every day you're getting a reflection and you're getting two videos throughout the week, um, which is really good. And I think, you know, Advent is a period where, you know, it's a, it's an opportunity for us uh, as an individual or as a family to grow a little bit deeper, to understand who God is and his purpose for us and why, um, you know, he brought his son to us as a savior, you know, and that's what Christmas is about, you know, the birth of Christ, the, our savior, you know, of humanity. And um, it's, it's, I think it's important to sort of to get into that headspace and uh, so we can grow a little bit deeper into who God is. So this Advent of Hope program just does that. You know, it's not something in, that is really overwhelming that you have to read. It's like a couple minutes a day. And uh, I even do it, you know, and I, um, <clears throat> Uh, it's it's the content that our team has developed, and I do it in the morning. You get the emails in your email box uh, very early on uh, in the day, and you just start your day. Um, I have like a little video there, Anne, if you want me to play for your viewers so you can kind of get a sense of what it is. You want, you want me to do that? I do. Thank you. Sure. Here you go. It's that time of the year again. Christmas is right around the corner. With the craziness of the season, it's easy to get distracted and forget the real reason why we celebrate. Be inspired this Christmas and encounter Christ in a new way. Join a ray of hope on a journey this Advent through daily written reflections, inspirational videos, and music directly sent to your inbox. Hi, I'm let this Advent fill your heart with hope. Hi. Sign up today. Sign up today. That's right. Yes. <laughs> and I haven't done it yet, Mario, oh, so I have to do that. I have to sign up. As soon as we finish this call, I'm going to <laughs> show. I'm going okay. to sign up. Awesome. That'd because be we're still in the beginning of Advent, right? Yeah. I mean, we still yeah, have yeah. a lot more time. And Advent seems to always go so fast, I think. But... It's a beautiful time. I mean, it's really, I, it's probably my favorite season of the year, honestly. It's that anticipation of, our, of the coming of our Savior. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a nice time of year. Um, I always struggle with it because I always, um, I always get a little stressed out with the, the whole uh, secular getting presents and, and all that kind of stuff. Although I probably, I do, if, if my wife heard this, she'd say, what do you mean? You don't do anything. Uh, Cause she, she handles getting all the stuff and she's so good. Uh, but it's, it's always been like a little overwhelming to have to, I just don't like the commercial part of it, of it, but I think I'm working on myself to try to, move that to the side and really focus on God and, and the importance of the whole meaning of Christmas, you know? Uh, so it is, it's beautiful time. It really is. So a lot of times we get uh, people who are really active in their faith, pastors, religious who are watching this show and they may be thinking, I would like to work with a ray of hope for either the confirmation retreats or sure. doing something virtually. So what would be some of those steps that the pastors or churches can take in order to get, you know, get, get things started? Yeah, well, look, we would love that. I mean, the, the um, you know, we're, we're a nonprofit organization. So we're, you know, we're not, our main goal is not to make money. We want to serve the church. So we welcome a priest or a bishop or a diocese or whomever to approach us and work with them to offer a program for their community or their diocese. So it's as simple as going to our website. It's A-R-R-A-Y of O-F, hope, H-O-P-E dot net. Um, and go on our website and then just explore the various things that we do. Uh, and then on the events page uh, tab, just click on it. And it's the first tab down, the events, uh, the virtual events tab. And that'll tell you everything and anything you need to know about, you know, contacting us and, and bringing us into your, um, you know, to your parish or to your diocese. We've been, we, the benefit of doing this virtual program for us has been that now we're actually all over the country where very easily, and we're doing stuff in Florida, California, um, Ohio, Boston, Maine, Massachusetts. I mean, it's crazy, right? You know, uh, you know, Philadelphia, you know, mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. So, um, 
you know, we had an event uh, a couple of weeks ago where we had a double. You know, we did one in Florida in the mo in the morning, and then we were up in uh, Boston in the evening. You know, um, so that's the way you would do it. Just contact us, and uh, we're happy to explain and share with you what the approach is and how to do it, and how um, you know we can make it uh, available to your parish. Yeah, it, it's incredible. So, what would be those steps? if you could take us through so they get in touch with you and they want to set up the confirmation retreat how much time is needed between the time of the confirmation retreat and when you would actually be there you know doing it online for them yeah well the steps are uh, once you you know get in touch with one of our representatives uh, we would set up a date and a, and a program and um Usually, you know, unlike a live event, you know, these virtual events can be planned rel in a sh relatively short period of time. Four weeks, you could book mm. something. Um, and then what we do is we help the parish market it. So we create marketing materials. Um, we do everything. So there's uh, uh, all the registration links and the process of registration to our, our event is done by Array of Hope. So it's really a turnkey sort of operation for the parish and or the diocese to be involved with us. Um, it's really, really simple for them. Um, the, the most work that they would have to do is that just to indicate to us what their expectation is or what their purpose is. And then we sort of like, you know, we have our templates and things that we do and then we sort of uh, put something and mold something together that makes sense for the parish. Um, so it, you know, and it's very simple. Uh, there's not that much involved outside of just getting in touch with in touch with us. Um, cost uh, is really dependent on what is available for these kinds of programs with the parish. So sometimes the parishes have a stipend uh, that they normally would pay out to a, an apostolate or a company to come in and, and do a retreat for them. Um, but we're flexible. You know, we have a per person price that we can offer to uh, parishes if they're uh, financially strapped. Um, we spoke to parishes in the Midwest where things were, you know, cut and slashed and, and many employees were f uh, furloughed uh, or, or even laid off. Uh, so, um, you know, we'll work with you. Like I said, we're a nonprofit entity and if we have to find money to make it work, we'll find money to make it work, so. Wow, that's, that's so great. And, and I know about the work that you're doing, just as I mentioned at the, on the first half, is that you've done work and, and gone up to Western New York to one of our Mercedarian parishes and been there in person for the beautiful concert. And I know that it really touched so many people's lives. What is it like for you? Now, I know you're not meeting people physically right now because of COVID, but what has it been like to meet so many families, you know, young people and people who do have that desire to grow in faith? mean through our platform yes it, it's been it's been exciting you know um even for us we're learning you know every time we do a new event there's a different kind of experience and we're always perfecting trying to make these events stronger and more productive and more interactive so the event that we did this past Tuesday, and we're doing one tonight, is a family advent event. And part of our virtual stage is where the participants can come up and play games with us or mm -hmm. trivia games and interact with us. And we have a bunch of games that we do. So I, I, I'm often touched by, you know, seeing a mother with her young child engaging with one of our presenters or me and, and seeing that beauty of experiencing the faith together. Um, think you know god created the family the domestic church for a reason and and it thrives when it when it's together and it works and there's a beautiful way of transmitting the faith through the parents to the children and when they experience that together it's so profound that um when you see it uh on our end it's it's very touching for us you know it's beautiful um you know, we do miss being live in front of an audience because there's an immediate reaction that you see in the audience that people, yeah, they're getting it. This is good. They're engaging and they're clapping and they're jumping around. But we kind of miss that because we don't really see that in the virtual space. We don't see what they're doing. It's not like Zoom where you see a hundred or a thousand little cameras. Our virtual platform is a little different. Um, but um we do uh, immediately engage with them in our chat bar, and then we see the comments, you know. So the, in one level, the virtual platform is a little bit more revealing because we can actually see what the audience is thinking. And, and they'll say, oh, I love that talk, or that was a beautiful song, or that was really great. I never thought about 
that message that way or and then think about the church like that so in that way there's a much more immediate interaction that we can judge and and and, and understand oh that was cool that, i'm glad that that worked so in answer to your question uh when we're able to see how people are responding and and interacting with us it's beautiful you know it's affirming for us uh it's um you know we're we're touched yeah i know you are and uh, I'm sure that it's really a, an honor to meet these people, even if it is just virtually because you're building relationships. And I was mentioning during the first half is that you have a great relationship with your own family and your kids. They're so really uh, loving their faith and spreading it. Do you have any advice for parents of young children or teens mm. or even young adults of how to get them to, um, to engage their kids so that they yeah. are interested in their faith? I don't know if you have any words to say to them. Yeah, um, the um, a, a long time ago, and I forget what book I was reading. It was like one of these self-motivating books. I think it was one of the Carnegie books, or I can't remember, like, you know, how to self-improvement books. And um, one of them was on, you know, how to improve your family. And one of the things that struck on me is that um, you have to find the commonality uh, or the thing that the family enjoys to do together. So it could be playing basketball or going on a fishing, or it could be, um, you know, let's go out for a, a car ride or whatever that is that you do it as a family that everyone sort of enjoys. You have to tap into that as parents to continue to do that and create a tradition. It could be playing board games, whatever your family does. So with us, um, you know, being a musician, uh, I, you know, music was always something that was around the house. I would play the piano and then the kids grew up with music. So they all um, uh, started playing instruments and were affected by the arts. And early on, um, you know, uh, a large part of my career is I ran and, and operated a recording studio. So um, rather, I got the idea one year that rather than sending out Christmas cards, let's just send out a Christmas CD, a family Christmas CD. So the kids would record a song. We would record like the Osmonds or the Partridge family, you know, and we would record songs and then we would send them out. And my girls, like Nikki, who was my middle child, she was like seven or six when we started doing this. And my boys were like in their early 20s or late teens and my boys would play guitar and drums and i would play keyboard and bass and the girls would sing and that was the bond you know that was the we, music was the thing that we always loved to do so fast forward a couple of years when i started array of hope um i needed talent i needed bands i needed music and you know i was producing a christian band that i used at the time which was called sacred road but I wanted to diversify and I said, well, you know, I don't know, maybe my family could perform. We've never <laughs> performed before. So, you know, I said, guys, what do you think about this? And, you know, my family, I, you know, being that I was in film and music, I threw cameras in front of them. So they were all hams. It's like, yeah, let's do it. You know? And they were like the first, you know, that's when they started performing, you know, and my sons, um, you know, played the instruments and the girls sang so a couple of years beyond that, that was sort of like we were all sort of diving a little deeper in our faith and 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 music. So there there was again the commonality, the 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 net that kept us intact. So now you know since then you know my boys are now married and parents, so they're not as engaged or engaged in a ray of hope. Uh, but I hope that I planted seeds of grace in them uh, and they're doing their own families. You know, um, my, my girls are still engaged. Lauren uh, is my oldest daughter and uh, she's very much part as a presenter and a musician and uh, uh, someone that witnesses her faith with a ray of hope regularly. And my middle daughter, uh, Nicole, she's always been in the band and uh, sings and she's part of the Array of Hope band and music uh, ministry. Now, my youngest daughter, Mary, uh, we just got her involved this year where she's singing on some of the Advent songs. Uh, she's involved in our platform here. And, and, and so, and she's now 16. Uh, so, um, you know, again, it's just like, this is what the family does. And, you know, I think as a parent and someone that's listening in there, just invite your kids, mm -hmm. you know, invite them to say, hey, what do you think about this, guys? You know, and 
if you don't invite them or engage them, you know, it's not, nothing's going to happen, right? You have to take action. So in answer to your question, how would you do it? You just do it. Mm, <laughs> you just no. invite them. You're like, hey, hey, guys, you want to play Monopoly tonight? Let's make every Thursday night game night, you know? Um, another thing that, you know, I think is really, really important, and, and it's as simple as just eating dinner tonight. I mean, eating dinner with oh, a family. Oh, very simple. Every, mm -hmm. It's a simple thing, but it's important that, you know, you share, hey, what, what was your day like? You know, you know um, praying with them. Sometimes that's a tough one to like, you know, you, if you haven't been doing it to say, let's say the rosary together is going to be very strange. But, you know, saying grace can be something that becomes normal, you know, uh, before we eat dinner, you know, or saying prayers at night. You know, these are little simple things that I would, you know, if you haven't done it as a family, that's the start, you know, to where you start you know, I use this word, you know, planting seeds of great seeds of grace. You know, um, I learned that from Gus Lloyd, who's on the Catholic channel. Uh, we started working with him a couple of years back and he always uses seeds of grace, which I think is really prolific. You know, you're planting those seeds that mm -hmm. at some point in time will sprout and will develop. You don't know when it's in God's time. So in answer to right. your question, you know, it's, um, you know, it's the invitation if you're not invited. And that's what God does for us, right? He invites us all the time, you know, and then we have to say yes. But uh, that's in the spiritual sense. You know, we're in the physical as parents. So, you know, hey, come on. You, we could be much more persuasive and say, it's not a big deal. Let's go. Let's, hey, come on, guys. Let's go play a round of hoops and play basketball or, or whatever. Men that are sports oriented always get their kids involved in sports. So this is a perfect opportunity. Let's go throw a ball around. Let's play catch or let's let's hit some balls, you know, or or whatever that sport might be. Keep that intact, you know, uh, and that's your link, you know. No, that's incredible, and I think it's a lifelong thing too. It's not just for when they're young children or teenagers. I mean, that relationship lasts a lifetime. So, excellent yeah. advice. Thank you. I know one yeah, of the sure. other topics that we were going to talk about is the sanctity of human life and a special project that you haven't talked mm. too much about in the past, but we're going to maybe learn a little bit about it on this evening from you. Yeah. Well, um, a ray of hope it, when it, when it first started, there were sort of three pillars that we always talked about. We talked about just starting a relationship with God, understanding that God is real. And then we always emphasize that, family you know family is important let's strengthen the family and and sort of what we've just shared now but we always also talked about the sanctity and dignity and the beauty and the gift of what life is and recognizing that life is given to us by god and um you know god is the one that decides when life begins when life ends and um we're not really um direct in in sharing that outside of just showing the beauty of where life originates and um you know who is the originator and um that has always been the array of hope approach the array of hope approach has always been to not be preachy because i think most people i was very turned off when someone would say look these are the rules this is what you got to do and if you don't do it you're going to hell it's like ah that's such a turnoff so you know a ray of hope was formed with sort of the way I was impressed or was sort of um, open to who God is and the teachings of his church. So um, in, in sharing that importance of life, that's how I felt we needed to express that. And some of the ways we do that is by showing that, you know, life is sacred. Life is beautiful. You know, life comes from God. Um, uh, in some of the Array of Hope events, uh, actually in all of the Array of Hope concerts, we always show a film that shows the growth of the baby in utero at, at, at conception and out as it develops. And we have little scripture points, you know, God formed you in the womb and every hair on your head was specific to how I created it. You know, all these sort of little biblical quotes. So people, and I'm paraphrasing, that wasn't a true uh, quote, uh, but uh, it, you get the idea. So, um, our approach has always been that uh, sharing, you know, life is important. So what grew from that as the Array of Hope ministry a couple of years back um, in our diocese, uh, uh, the Diocese of Newark, there's an organization called LifeNet Ministries. A woman, uh, Christine Flannery, was sharing with me that she was involved in um, 
pro, uh, creating awareness on a bill in New Jersey, which was called the Pain Capable Unborn Child Protection Act. And she was trying to encourage legislators to pass this bill. And for your viewers, what that is, is that it's a bill that will prevent abortion happening after the 20 week mark, which will, that's the mark where they're saying, scientists and, and, and neurologists will say, well, that's where the baby feels pain. We've since learned that babies feel pain even earlier in utero. Um, but they're saying, you know, let's stop abortion here because this abortion is, is inhumane in, in what's happening and ripping this baby from, from the womb is uh, torture. So, and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know, I knew zero about that, let alone what the pro-life community was doing. And I said, well, this is kind of important and you're trying to create awareness to your legislators. I said, I said, yeah. I said, well, what, why? And she says, well, the legislators are the ones that inflict these or, put, you know, put these laws together. And, you know, my nature is, well, you know, maybe I could help you. Maybe I could create like a little film and, and share it amidst the diocese. To make a long story short, that little film grew. Uh, uh, once I started investigating what this law was legislatively, I learned that there were other laws that the legislators were trying to block or put across and organizations were trying to create awareness to. And I said, in order to be uh, effective in this film, I need to know what the other states are doing. And I saw that some states passed it, some states didn't, but what is the government doing? Again, fast forward, I realized that, wow, this pro-life message is huge. Uh, and uh, there are lots of other components that the public is unaware of. And I learned that there's such a division and a polarization in our nation about the subject of abortion and women's reproductive rights. And the more and more I started understanding what this issue was about, the more and more I got interested and the Lord kept on planting a desire in my heart that you got to get this message out. So as I started to learn more about it, we started interviewing neurologists and doctors and post-abortive women and abortionists and OBGYNs and uh, um, uh, 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 you know, uh, pregnancy crisis centers and adoption agencies. The, the subject just grew and grew and grew. You, I don't know how well you know me, Ann, but it's like um, my, the nature of, of who I am is that I, I I'm over the top. I, I always have to like, there's more to this that, that meets the eye and we have to really um, make this presentation the very best that could be so people can understand and be transformed. Amen. So this is what happened. I started developing this film and this film became, it, it, it became its own monster. And I realized that, uh, it, it, it grew into not becoming an advocacy film that only talked about issues uh, from a, a pro-life perspective. My nature has always been, well, if you, wanna, if you want to transform or convince me of something, I need to understand both sides of the issue. You just can't tell me your side. I needed to understand when I was growing in my own Catholic faith, I needed to understand why Protestants understood and believed what they did and make an assessment where that originated from and why the Catholic Church understood it to be what it was. And I had to understand the commonality and then understand what the differences were and why those differences were what they were. And I felt that most people are like that or else they're not gonna be con convinced. So I'm creating this film that is a common, uh, uh, ground, common ground sort of, uh, opportunity where people on both sides of the debate can be invested in. So it's an investigative journey to understand what the women women's reproductive rights issue is about. I learned that 15% of our culture is staunch pro-life. 15% of our culture is staunch pro-choice. There's no way if God came down and spoke to them that they're going to budge on their position. But there's 70% of our culture that is malleable or in between or is impressionable that doesn't understand. And that's the audience that we're trying to attract. Um, also, up until now, um, we've always distributed our content through Catholic media. 
this is something that's going to be distributed through secular media. My experience and background is in the secular world. So I reestablished my contacts with, uh, you know, organizations such as Netflix and HBO and had meetings with them about the subject. And immediately they're like, whoa, this is a hot button. You know, they weren't interested. But when I started having soft meetings with them and explain to them and show them a little bit of an excerpt, and I'm going to show this to your viewers in just a minute, they realize that, wow, there's a lot of interest here. And if the approach is unbiased and investigative, we're in. And when I showed them these, uh, these samples, they're interested in what we're doing, which is exciting, which means that the culture is going to be interested. And we've showed this to uh, women and families on both sides of the, the debate. And the interesting and exciting part for us is that um, this is a hot topic that everyone uh, is engaged in, whether they real, realize it or not. I, I, I noticed statistically that one out of every four women has had an abortion, uh, which is astounding. And the remaining 75% has been in direct or indirect contact with a woman that has experienced an abortion. So we're all affected. We're Amen. all, we're all part of what's happening. Um, you know, since uh, Roe v. Wade, there's been 60 million abortions, you know, in our country, 61 million abortions in our country. So um, there's something that is happening um, and many people don't understand. So if I could take a moment, uh, can I, can I show your viewers this sort of little Yes, excerpt? please do. Please okay. do. Great. Um, stand by. Here we go. I couldn't think logically. I felt just petrified. As a black woman who's had three abortions in my life, what I didn't have was access to education. This is the sacrifice that I know is best, selfless. My heart and my head need to separate. You hear people talk about the role that poverty plays in the inability to make choices around your reproductive health. Because a woman has to use her body for nine months, she only should determine how her body is going to be used. You and I were once children in the womb. Why is like bacteria on Mars considered life, but not a fetus on Earth? In one room, we're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars and the efforts of many, many people to save these babies. And in, in another room, not all that far away, we're ripping them apart. I've murdered more people than Ted Bundy. Shootings happened. The whole town was reeling because it was a political crime. But I think that tension of opposites is important for us to reconcile with, that I can both believe that this is a living human being and still support a woman's right to choose. When we consider the issue of reproductive justice, we have to think about who is really fighting for justice. The political hostility, it's, it's very real. My hope for America is that it would stop dividing itself along political and racial lines. Now in its final stretch, becoming in the country just passed in Alabama. They're trying to go on a path that will totally dismantle Roe v. Wade. I think the vast majority of people who call themselves pro-choice are empathetic with that woman's situation. The pro-life movement is empathetic with the child in the womb and also for the mother, but the common ground is empathy. I don't think we should give up on the idea that there is a way that we can respect the life of the fetus and the rights of the woman. <laughs> Pretty crazy, huh? Oh, that was incredible. Honestly, give me the chills just uh, watching it because it's uh, an issue that I've seen face to face, uh, that I have been to Planned Parenthood to pray there. And, uh, and so uh, it's, it's good to see that you've, you've brought this to the surface. And I know that we have a lot more to look forward to. So tell us, um, what is the call to action there? We do have to end in a couple minutes, unfortunately. Sure. We'll have to do a part two 
So tell us your call to action for this uh, film. Yeah. So, you know, um, as I expressed, you know, we're a nonprofit entity. So if you liked uh, what you just saw, um, just go to our website. Um, We're we're still looking, you know, this is all self-produced and and self-financed through our benefactors. So if you wanted to be part of it, you can, we sort of have uh, the Array of Hope section, and then we have this Choice Film section, still under the Array of Hope umbrella. But if you wanted to support it financially, um, we're, we've raised quite a bit of money already, but we're, we're about a third left that we have to raise. So again, just go to the Array of Hope website and send us an email that you're interested in supporting the Array of, uh, the Array of Hope film choice. Uh, we could tell you all about that, uh, but we hope to release it uh, in, in 2021. Well, I'm really excited about that. And, and I thank you so much for being a guest. It's really an honor and, sure. and definitely an honor want to have you come back to Journeys in Faith. So sure. everyone, please do go to arrayofhope.net. Any final words before we end? No, uh, you know, God bless all of your viewers and you and your work and, and may God uh, transform you during this Advent period. And, and uh, I'll, we'll pray for you here at Array of Hope. Thank you, Mario. And please do all of you go to patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry for the show called Five Minutes of Faith because Mario and I will be doing a short program there on enhancing your faith. We'll see you next week on Journeys in Faith. Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.